Yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? Yes, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Candy Coated Razor Blades. This is a veterinary bill that makes you think euthanasia was a better option, Bob. And here are my co-hosts. Introduce yourself, guys. I'm Andy, and I, too, got one half of a Brazilian wax just for this occasion. And I'm Alex, and this movie went much better than that time I cut part of my finger off while I was cutting lemons. (laughs) Ow! Ow. Okay, now that that moment of pain has passed, uh, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things today. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Toby Hooper, unfortunately. Uh, We're going to talk about a short called The Curve, which, or is it just Curve? It's just Curve. Just Curve. Thank you. Uh, and we're going to talk about the movie Raw, which, you know, raw dog in it, fine. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this. I had one of those involuntary little shutters. He I, did. Whew, he did. Because dick. Anyway. For all of our visual <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Look like Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards right now. Just like, oh, oh my God. So, uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned, uh, Toby Hooper did pass on this week. So, moment of silence for him. Okay, that's enough. I really loved him on Sesame Street. I feel like we should have a moment of chainsaw noises for him. We should. We should. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I did miss him on Sesame Street, too. But no, wrong Mr. Hooper. Damn. But, you know, that Mr. Hooper did, however, help me cope with death. It's a great thing. Uh, Mr. Hooper died of natural causes uh, at his home in Sherman, Sherman Oaks, California, on August 27th, uh, 26th, excuse me, at the age of 74. Much older than I thought Toby Hooper was. Right. Really? Was not, was not up on Toby Hooper's age. I thought he was still in his, like, mid-50s. Right? Because, I mean, he but, seems so young directing sh- Texas Chainsaw. Let's not talk about, Oscar. like, Texas like, Chainsaw is, like, 40-some years old now. Whatever. He was, like, 12. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, 8. Directing Okay, now you go over there and eat the bitch. <laughs> you spend half the movie screaming. Do you not think that's what it sounded like when he directed it, even <laughs> if he was in his 20s? <laughs> he was like, yeah. But, I mean, people people also forget that, you know, he directed such things as Eaten Alive and The Fun House, which is a fantastic fucking movie. People don't ever remember The Fun House. It was great. No, people choose not to remember The Fun House, Bob. I mean... Make, they make conscious choices to not remember that movie. Choices. Yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, and um, obviously one of the high points of his career was Poltergeist, which we all know that Steven Spielberg had Actually way too much of a hand. Well, yeah. By all there accounts, a lawsuit with the format. Director's Guild. Wow. There is still. still a lawsuit with the Director's Guild that says that Toby Hooper's name should not be as the single director. Wow. Because Steven Spielberg actually directed that movie. Well, I don't care prob- what anyone wants to say. The problem with that, and Andy and I were talking about yeah. this yesterday, is that Steven Spielberg was not allowed to have his name on that film as a director because he was directing E.T. at the same time. He was directing two movies. Yeah. He always directs two movies at the same time. Well, and Poltergeist was his third movie and and you because et was through universal and i forget what else he was working on at that point and i forget what uh poltergeist actually went through i thought it was universal wasn't it i thought it was some fuckery with universal where he was not allowed to do that uh hang on and it's funny because the movies came out like a week apart poltergeist is mgm oh so it might have been also inter-studio contract dispute universal was really fucky around that time you remember what they did to brazil is that what happened to the rest of your leg in the wax. <laughs> I have a really hard time talking about that. It will make sense eventually. It will 
make sense. Guys? Or if you've never so, seen the movie, it'll never make sense. I just need a minute. But but he also directed The Mangler. He did. He did. Robert and, England's finest movie. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Stephen, what about The Stephen Mangler King's too? Secret Shame is what that was. No, no but, the, the short oh, story is better. For a minute, I was going to say, no, his secret shame was Maximum Overdrive. But Maximum Overdrive was very public. Oh, no. <laughs> but have you seen Trucks? No. The Canadian remake oh of God. Maximum Overdrive. No, because yeah. I love I, myself. I have seen trucks. I have self-esteem. <laughs> That's a horrible lie, Bob. It is a horrible lie. It I really hate is. myself. This podcast is a monument to Bob's non-existent <laughs> self-esteem. It is. It is. Like the Washington Monument, just jamming itself into everything we do. Exactly. Like my dick. Literally. I know. Moment of silence for my dick. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, Mr. Hooper, we certainly appreciate what you did in your life, even though we're you know spending you know twenty minutes making fun of you. You, Mr. Hooper, gave us a scene where Barbara Bush made out with another woman and a chainsaw at the same time. You did, because I don't care what anyone wants to tell me. Leatherface is Barbara Bush. They are actually <laughs> the same person. I think I've actually seen her wear that outfit that he wears and he does oh. they do their makeup the same look back at that movie <laughs> they have the same makeup oh my god he's right he's right no my whole world is shattered jesus right. christ i'm just telling you that every time i see a picture of her i'm just like leatherface like <laughs> all of these remakes and they're just missing the fact that he went on to be the first lady i mean her, it worked out her face is kind of dry lately well you know <laughs> That's what living in that Texas heat will do to yeah. you, Bob. Girl There's nothing not dry in Texas right now. She did not moisturize. Aww. Inappropriate joke, Oh, my God. Andy. This entire podcast is inappropriate jokes. Come on. <laughs> that is so not true. How is your Brazilian wax doing? Still fucking... At least your sister isn't in there with a pair of scissors trying to cut out your pussy. Yet. Again, that joke will make sense. So it's not like it'll make sense when we talk about the movie. Incidentally, I love how I love that like you know you were like comparing a former first lady to this like cannibalism, <laughs> this cannibal fucking like flesh mask wearing dude for like five minutes, and it's like oh this is great. I make one flood joke, and it's like whoa whoa dude. Uh, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> hey. Man. Those people are suffering, and we do feel bad for the victims of Hurricane Harvey. Unlike the girl in Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre, I, I wanted meant, to die just so she was I thought you meant we felt bad for the victims of Barbara Bush, because I do legitimately Well, we feel do bad. feel bad for those victims yeah. as well. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to uh, the creamy nougat center of the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> are we going... Are we... That, that was the candy shell. Are we moving on to the for the feature length film now? Or yes, are we, moving, we are to moving to the short. Curve. Oh. The short is the creamy nougat center. Yeah. Is, well, there. Uh, I don't give Maybe a shit. it's the nuts. I don't know. <laughs> or the caramel. Something. <laughs> the short is the nuts. Let's, let's start by deciding what candy bar we are. And then we'll accurately move <laughs> let's go through with layers. What is the gayest candy bar? Milky Way. Mr. Good Bar. No one wants to eat that. Don't associate our people with Mr. Good Bar. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. No, what's that? Zero Bar? Zero? Oh, yes. Because it's white chocolate. It's white we, chocolate? We the white chocolate Twix. Fucking full of almonds, too. There's a white chocolate Twix? There Ew. Is. Oh, my God, kill me. No. It's oh, white chocolate is not chocolate. It's just fucking butterfat. It's oh, shea butter. Like, you it, cradle it, it and put You it can just belly. rub it on your skin. Rub it on your skin and moisturize yourself. 
like before it gets the hose um, again. Cassandra, do you have some white chocolate that I can rub on my skin? Thank you. <laughs> Put the fucking chocolate in the basket. No, <laughs> give me the hose and the chocolate. Thank you. So, Curve, let's talk about Curve. Yes, please. Uh, so this is a chart we uh, Alex found on Vimeo. It's super hot. You should really watch it. It it's is a amazing. short that I saw during the Nightmares Film Festival, the inaugural Nightmares Film Festival last year at the Gateway in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Something that I really should start attending because... You should. Yes, I should. I already have my ticket for my VIP pass so I can go to every single showing and sit in the balcony and be amazing. Right. And see a million movies. Because right. I also got the whole weekend off. But don't you hate shorts? You don't have to go to the shorts box. <laughs> I missed all the shorts plots last year. Curve was shown before one of the feeds, which is the only reason I saw it. Fuck, man. I'd go, I think I'd go for the shorts. So There's like 15 short plots, too. Like, they do Jesus, a lot of short I films. love shorts so much. That, I those would be my smoke break spots. ticket during the event just to go see the movies. Jesus. Wow. So, Andy, give us the deets. Curve 2016, starring Laura Jane Turner and... A very, very deep yawning abyss. Uh, directed by Tim Egan. That's really it. There's nobody else in it. Also yeah. written by Tim Egan. True. Although there's no dialogue. There's no dialogue. So you still have to. Are both of you that unaware of the writing process? Are we serious right now? No, no we understand. She that you have to write what she's doing. She did several grunt. times. She did grunt. Those were scripted grunts, guys. Uh, so <laughs> the whole plot of this thing is that this woman just wakes up and she's on this smooth curved surface uh, it, it, which just leads to a a hole basically a, a yawning like it's like the the head of a vase where like the two sides curve in and then fall into a deep abyss um where possibly you put flowers it's like if hr giger built a vaginal half pipe in his backyard <laughs> it would kind of look like that i feel like yeah. giger would have had a pole coming out the middle Mm. Yeah, probably. You Except wanted to combine the genitals. Giger was Swiss. He wasn't Polish. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Really? Dad really? joke. Your jokes are off today. They are. Oh, sad face. <laughs> sad Andy face. Sad Andy face. But uh, so according to, to IMDb, the, the abyss itself is alive. We it's, don't know what's in it. It's sentient. It's just sentient. Dark. It, it knows she's there. It's dark. Well, so through the short, she is on one side trying to push herself back up, which I don't feel like even if she pushed herself up, she could have gotten out. It wasn't like there was a short space between the top and her. Right. But it was like 30 feet. Yeah. So she was trying to push herself up and across the way, she sees other bloody prints like hers kind of on both sides or someone else was there and the prints kind of grow through the short and the interesting thing is like the prints are like they're like backwards yeah because like uh, her her fingers are pointing down trying to like not fall into the yawning sentient abyss and the finger the hand marks on the opposite side are pushing upwards as if or pulling upwards. Well, it was almost as if they start backwards and then it's like someone fell and they grabbed right before they went down. Yeah. So I was actually almost thinking like, it's almost as if like the hand marks on the opposite wall are like a force that is like pushing her back in. As in she's trying to push herself out and at the same time, the sentient, it's a sentient abyss. Mm -hmm. It can do an awful lot of shit. It could. That sentient abyss is writing and directing its first feature next year. It does. It actually has 
um, two library cards in the local area. And it never <laughs> pays its fucking fines. The sentient abyss is a bad citizen. It's like one of those cartoon black holes, like the the portable hole that you kind of just throw against the wall and you can reach reach for stuff. So it seems like that because the more she tries to push herself up, the more handprints you see facing the opposite direction on the opposite side. Yeah. Uh, So the question is, do we think the hole is sentient? Much like all holes are sentient. Or do we think that, that she was just legitimately going crazy? I think at that point, it was probably a combination of crazy and, you know, maybe some hole-induced hallucination. Why is that? Why do I have to say those words in that order? Hole-induced hallucination. God damn. That's like being, like, dickmatized. What? A hole? Is that what happens to straight people? Maybe. Like, straight men have hole-induced hallucinations. <laughs> We're learning so much about we people. We are. <laughs> We're a teaching podcast. We are. We spend so much time learning. We just want to share it. (laughs) Educational. Today, kids, we learned about gravity. (laughs) Today, kids, we learned that holes can think. Oh, my God. It's like the 1981 movie, The Pit, but without a sentient teddy bear. I have much more ease accepting a sentient teddy bear than a sentient hole. Oh, that movie has both. Um, Kill me. <laughs> that's what happens if you fall in the hole. So this it's just I, bears all the way down. I I admittedly dislike the medium of shorts. Like there are shorts that are good, and I'll watch them, and they're fine. But I'm not a fan because I want a real story. I love short novels, which is really the most funny thing. I like short, like little like books of shorts are great. Oh yeah, but. Film shorts, I just feel like they're not long enough to keep my attention going. They're not short enough. I'm the other way around. I love that I love that they just last long enough to give you an idea, play with it a little bit, and then like take it back out. <laughs> but I want Because sentient holes. Right, sentient holes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want like a Hellraiser 2 movie where we go into the hole and we find out about how the hole works and we get other holes and we get to walk through the whole maze. Or more specifically, we get to walk through this one little piece of the same whole maze in 15, like back and forth. And how many because they had no budget. How many different ways can we use the word hole? <laughs> yeah, because when we get to raw, we're gonna stop talking about holes. No, we're not. <laughs> anyway. So, no, I mean, I actually, it depends on the short, obviously, because there are some that are really good. Like, I really enjoyed Curve. It was well done. It gave us just enough to to feel scared for her, to feel to feel her pain, because, I mean, you're you're looking at these gross, bloody hands that, you know, have been scraped to fucking back. And her manicurist is going to kill her. (laughs) That one nail is gone. And also that like and like her her left leg is like bent up the fuck up under and I think that's actually the only reason she's even even didn't just fall into the pit in the first place right because, because her shoelaces are providing a little well track. because like just that little bit of of friction caused by her knee being in a very uncomfortable location because yeah and but we don't know how she got there right but that's the thing well, if, why? This, if this yeah. was a feature length film they would have to explain how she got there and why and all of this shit and it would suck because the, but with this you get like eight minutes of total fucking existential dread and a right bit of and the whys are unimportant and the whys would make it less effective absolutely i don't ascribe to those beliefs 
I love the whys. The whys are why I exist. I'm less yeah, but the whys are why we ended up with 45 minutes of Michael Myers' fucking backstory in Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. So sometimes they are unnecessary. Never true. <laughs> I never balk at additional continuity. <laughs> never. No, um, I, but I love this short. I saw it before a feature film. I don't remember which feature it was. I saw so many movies. They're just like a blur of. That's how good this short was. Um, but I have always remembered this short, and I, I, I thought it was good. And you know, some shorts are really good, and hopefully we can find those. And then eventually, I'll watch one that I'll just cry hysterically while we talk. Okay. So well, but what do you think of like? Stuff like the ABCs of Death, like anthology movies. I've never seen ABCs of Death, but I love XX. That's a great anthology movie. XX was amazing. Um, I love V. All three VHS. I mean, the VHS viral was a little <laughs> iffy. Viral, was but horrible. the first two uh, were amazing, in my opinion. I um, I love four. Kind rooms. of agree. Four rooms is so great. I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love anthology movies, and I prefer when they have like South. Bound? Southbound. Yes, I love Southbound. Where they're all kind of interrelated. Have yeah. you seen Southbound? Trick or Treat no, is technically no. an anthology movie. I love too. Trick or Treat. Yes. You should really, you should really check out the ABCs of Death movies because they all, like, all of the each sequence is maybe three to five minutes. Yeah, because they have to go twenty six yeah. levels. Exactly, and they're not really connected in any way, and really the framing device is negligible it's not really it's not even a framing device it's this is the alphabet right and but there there's all these little great little shorts and there are some that suck but the ones that suck they're over in three minutes and then you get on to something insanely good yeah Yeah. and i love anthologies for that reason because like if i sit down and watch like a 90 minute feature film and it turns out to be a piece of shit or like a 120 minute feature film thank you kong skull island um I'm, I'm stuck, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stuck sorry. watching this bad movie. I'm sorry. Remember, listeners, I wasn't on that one <laughs> on purpose. Um, I'm stuck. I am stuck in this world that I don't want to be in for like two hours. Whereas if a, if a short sucks, I'm out of it in three minutes and we can get on to the next one and it's good. Yeah. I mean, I I totally understand. That's not the only and reason, but it's, it's a really It's not just class. that shorts rub me raw. It's just that I don't always like them, but I do like Curve. Yeah. Uh, I... I thought Curve was amazing. Uh, I you know, pull it up on Vimeo, find it where you need to find it. It's 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 a it's a great watch for eight minutes. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, real sentient holes have curves. <laughs> yes, no. God. No. Okay. <laughs> so we all like Curve. Yes. Yes. Good. Awesome. Yes. So moving on to, uh, I guess this would be the the nutty nougat. <laughs> or if it's the Snickers, God only knows what we're eating now. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the Snickers, really. We just we just like exploded this format. I don't even know. But this is the razor blade. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even segue. We're like, nah, that's good enough. I think Alex tried. It didn't we go. Tried. There was no segue there. No. Sometimes there isn't a segue when you have your arm showed up a cow's fucking oh. ass. So we're talking about the French movie Raw. Alex, go ahead and give us the deets on that. Raw, which is a French-Belgian film directed by directed and written by Julia Ducournau, uh, starring Garance Marie, Ella Rumpf, uh, Rabat Knight Oufela, and Laurent Lucas. Uh, it is uh, the story of a young vegetarian who undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at a vet school, and unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. Oh no. <laughs> Much like a sentient hole. Oh, exactly like a sentient hole. I didn't know what to expect out of this one when I when I started watching it because I, I knew what it was about because I'd kind of seen it and I kind of wanted to watch it. I just hadn't. Um, so 
I don't know if either of you were aware of this film when it was like going through the festival circuits and talked about, and it was in all the horror websites. That's where I first heard about this thing. The famous thing about this movie Mm -hmm. is that a screaming at the, the Gothenburg Film Festival, there was 30 people who left and several attendants fainted and vomited. Like this movie caused like a huge stir at this festival because people were so like just overwhelmed by it. And it is, I don't think it delivers on like the visceral cannibalism that it kind of promises to deliver as much as it just is a very unsettling and French movie. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is in the same part. It's the same French cinema that gave us inside and martyrs and them. Yeah. It's kind of this new wave French, um, or they is it they? Eels. Yeah, they. They. Okay. Yeah. Them is a bad movie. No, them is a wonderful movie. Hugh Schefter hormone. <laughs> the, them is is pop culture wonderfulness, but it's not a good movie. But now, when it comes to this one, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, there's still plenty to make fun of because you know. It's a French film. Cannibalism is inherently fun. Oh, I love French films. <laughs> I really do. I do too. Honestly, like, yeah. At this I, point, French films about cannibalism are like my wheelhouse. It's like this. There's Delicatessen. Like, that's it. Oh, Delicatessen was good. I love, right. it. Yes. I love it. I love um, it. I love it. No, I love French. Like, I even, I loved Elle. That was mm-hmm. re- really good. Have you, either of you seen Elle? No. I've not. Oh, my God. We, it's, mm, it's a push to call it horror. It's much more of like a thriller kind of I'm a woman discovering myself kind of movie. It is right. so good. It's my favorite movie. That's actually kind of how Raw is. I almost don't see Raw kind as a horror film, really. Oh, but I mean, anything that involves eating flesh well, yeah. kind yeah. of just becomes a horror movie. Right. But it's actually, it's a very humanized, very sympathetic portrayal of cannibal. Yeah. Well, okay. So like the flesh eating is... is there's more going on than just like, ooh, I like to eat. I like to eat boys. There's well, <laughs> what I what <laughs> we're twelve. See, we're 12. and the truth is, what you could actually look at this movie as, if you really want to push for it, is this could be an explanation of a young woman's journey in through lesbianism, and discovering that she is actually a lesbian and that this it's a family thing. Her sister is a lesbian and her mother is a lesbian. And it's kind of, it's all about flesh and blood and it's very woman. It's all about women empowerment. That is so backwards from how I, how I read it, but no, please continue. Because there's no, no male cannibals in the movie. Only women are ever cannibals. Right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the first real taste of flesh is when she eats her finger, sister's finger. So it's another woman that she's eating. By the way, we will not pull back on spoilers. Just so you know. Yeah, so we never do. The big spoiler is that her mother was also a cannibal and has been eating off of her father's chest. So it's as if her mother was actually a lesbian. And it's like, it could be, the reveal, I guess, would be like, you know, there's actually a secret lover or something. And that's the father's shame is that he doesn't please his wife. He's just a dutiful husband. And she really has like a side piece. Right. That is such a, or, or they so got married from the read I had on it. That's yeah, really it's, yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic way of looking at it as more than just, you know, I hunger for the flesh. Well, well, see, I, sorry. I, I, when I was looking at it, I didn't see the lesbian angle, but I can see it yeah. now that you mention it. My thought was that this is the girl that has spent so much time being sheltered 
And now she's at college and she's having all of the, all of these life experiences. And, you know, her parents are like, you're going to do this. You can't have meat because you're allergic, blah, 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 blah. And she's so sheltered. And then she gets home and her, her sister gets arrested for eating the gay dude uh, that they're both hungering for. Ha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she gets arrested and there's all this, there's this family drama you don't see, but then she's sitting and talking to her father and she realizes my parents did this too. This is part of growing up. I'm growing away from my parents and this is the way it's supposed to be. And they're not that different from me as an adult. Yeah. I sort of fall somewhere between the two of you because I was like, there's a very strong theme of female sexuality. Totally. I didn't take it to lesbian town, but definitely that she kind of just the contrast between Justine and Alexia is really, really important because Justine would be the main character. Yes. And Alexia, this is. And lesbian town is where you find the best Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> It's a marvelous place. <laughs> Along with the really good mechanic. So like taking the, the Justine's kind of sheltered because her mother, then as you find out at the end of the movie, her mother is clearly trying to shelter her from that side of her sexuality, mm -hmm. trying to not let that awaken, which is kind of how most parents seem to be with their kids. They keep trying to keep their kids innocent of anything to do with sex. Right. And then they go away to college. And what happens at college? They have their sexual awakenings and they have their experimentation. So Justine is kind of waking up into her own sexuality. And at the same time, you can contrast with that with Alexia, who has been there for a year or two. And Alexia's sexuality has already been kind of co-opted and subverted by the hazing and her peer group. And there's this kind of thing where like rookies, you have to dress a certain way and dress club wise and make yourself sexually available throw you know paint you blue paint the dude yellow throw you in the closet till you don't come out to your, your green, green. yeah <laughs> and so alexia kind of um and at the beginning of the movie you're looking at alexia like she's this kind of free spirit and then you realize no she's actually kind of murderous and out of control because right. she has not accepted responsibility for those urges that she has right um so like you kind of see that picture of Alexia being out of control and killing people on the freaking road so she can have a snack. Right. Versus their mother. Those tasty, tasty brain meats. Versus their mother who has figured out a way to get into a consensual relationship with her husband who's obviously willing to put up with the chewing. This must be some great sex. Mm. It's like true blood sex where like there's so much blood and pounding all at the same time. And ain't no sparkles in this shit. Nope. No, Fuck you, Stephanie really. Meyer. Um, I... And the other thing, the, the <laughs> other important thing to look at is there's a dichotomy about siblings. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have the, you know, the old, the, the first child, you don't, you, most parents, my sister, not part of this family, this part of this dichotomy is with your first child, you kind of let them run more free. You're usually younger. You don't know about the mistakes of letting children run wild and, and you kind of raise like, you know, children who are used to doing their own and discovering their own methods. That's why um, Justine basically, Justine's the main character. Justine is the main Justine character. Is the Alexa. Alexia. 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 Yeah. Okay, there it is. Alexia, um, you know, her way of feeding herself and her urges is to basically run cars off the road and kill people just to get a few bites of them. Right. Like, she is not like saving the corpses and really working with it. Right. Which I assume a veterinary school has to have some great refrigeration somewhere. You would think. I mean, because they did use they, that refrigeration they... to tease Justine when she was drunk. Exactly. And film it. And then mm -hmm. you have... No, bite the corpse! Bite the corpse! Mm -hmm. And Stop then you it. have you have Justine 
who is the the second child and they saw their mistakes and they basically caged her in mm-hmm. i mean that scene at the beginning is so uncomfortable really where you, yes. you're focused on justine and you just hear the mother going off mm-hmm. and i i i i've been in parenting yeah, yeah. And, and i've been in france with a vegetarian like when i went on choir tour we had a vegetarian and the conversations you have to have at every single restaurant you go to about Mm -hmm. like there has to be a vegetarian option and the french were just like so confused by this they were just like um we can give you a plate of green beans does that count yeah (laughs) like we made some side dishes would you like some mashed potatoes and green beans, like, and they were yeah. just like, that's actually what Justine had on her, on her She's plate. Just mashed she potatoes. had mashed potatoes. <laughs> With yeah. a lump of meat. Yeah, there was a lump of meat in there, which I was like, who puts meat in their mashed potatoes anyway? I mean, you know, a little bit of salt pork. Bob, Bob's looking crestfallen. Like you just like I slapped know. him. I know. You know, cream corn, Bob. You put cream corn on mashed potatoes and it's amazing. And bacon. Bacon. Turkey bacon is wonderful. Turkey bacon is in a fucking abomination. It's not so true. All bacon matters. All bacon does oh. matter. Oh God! You're we're cutting to... that. We're cutting that line. That's... No, I'm not going there. No, we're not. We are going to cut that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, no, but, uh, but it's so it's there's there's a lot of ways to read this movie. And... I'm not gonna cut that. No. <laughs> God, turkey bacon. God, yeah, I love turkey bacon. Turkey, but it's so not bad. It's just not my favorite. That scene thing. with her mom at the beginning. It does because when when you first see it, you're thinking exactly that. She's helicopter mom. Oh my god, this is embarrassing. What the fuck? And right. then later on, you realize you realize why, and it makes a little more sense. And yeah, yeah, I love that. I love this thought that like one taste of meat will un will like uncap. The huh. dam of, car- of and like, here's the cannibalism. Thing. Here's the thing regarding that. So so the part of this hazing thing is that they had to eat a rabbit kidney. And what made me think during the course of this movie, which is why I was really surprised at the end, actually, is I thought that it was just going to be this whole, like, cult through the school. Oh, right. Like, yes. everybody's yeah. a fucking cannibal. Blah, blah, and that's the idea you get. But it, then it just turns out to be only those two. And, of course... Yeah, uh, it, it it's a little bit of a mind fuck because you do expect, oh, everybody's doing this. Everybody's just eating cadavers everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But it's just those two. And, and you discover this during the course of the aforementioned Brazilian wax. Yes! <laughs> Where I she, she's like putting like chewing gum in her sister's pussy and trying to rip it out because like, oh my god you've got hair down there what the fuck and it gets stuck and she comes by with a pair of scissors and justine is like justifiably get that fucking shit away from my pussy i'm not gonna do this and she kicks her and during the course of that she cuts off her finger and of course passes out from blood loss and in the meantime she's trying to find the finger before the dog gets to it and because that's how you know it's a French movie because there's a dog. Of course, because there's a dog, and the first oh, thing the dog they does, kill the dog. they did not. Well, they did kill the dog, but they not did. On the dog was euthanized. Oh well, yeah, but they didn't. They uh, didn't do it on screen. They kill dogs on screen in European movies nowadays. They do. So I mean, they were dissecting dogs, but they were. Oh god, that was. That was awful. Can I just tell you 
the veterinary school scenes mm. are the most difficult things for me to watch. <laughs> they like, are almost like torture porn in their you own can right. Seriously, I have seen like the most horrific movies you can possibly imagine on the big screen. People are like dissected in almost horrible ways, and I could care less. This show brought to you by Durex Arm Length Condoms. Seriously, she puts her hand in the cow's ass and is just literally removing shit from it. And I seriously was ready to leave the theater. I was gonna be one of the thirty. It was just like. And we're done. And we're done. That horse, the scene with the horse was traumatic. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's just like it's sedated and that's obvious they're doing and, something And they good intubate it. it and I'm like, Ugh. And they're hanging really up by its fucking hooves from the ceiling. Oh my and God. Jesus, I man. Oh, funny thing about this school. So the reason this is a French and Belgium film is mm -hmm. because there are no schools in the entirety of France that look like this. Wow. They had yeah. to go to Belgium to find a building that looked like this. Wow. Wow. It, it's and well that done. strange. Like this is just so not the way schools are set up in the, the country of France. Right. I Because schools are schools. They're... I think it's because, I don't, I just don't think, I don't know, my assumption is, this is purely assumption, French listeners, if we have any, write in, tell us. Um, but my assumption is that you don't like live on campus at French schools in like massive dormitories in these giant cement parking garage looking buildings. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. I've not been to France, so I can't say. I, I would assume that they're probably they probably have some kind of set of apartments off campus. You yeah, know, little but, hobbly yeah. those terrible Chinese apartments. They're like coffin apartments. The, those places where they cram 60 models into a one-bedroom apartment. Oh, God. Los Angeles? Maybe. There's a lot more space <laughs> in Los Angeles. It, the, the apartment would look like this house. And the 60 <laughs> models would, would still feel like there was more space. They'd be like, oh, we've been smoking today. There's We can fit three more in the building. <laughs> well, I mean, when all you eat is a Tic Tac. Half a Tic Tac. And then we we put oh. that we, we were on a diet, Bob. We already had our three Tic Tacs for the month, and it's only the third day. Would you like a slice of M&M? Oh, it's my cheat day, oh, sure. They, they just, <laughs> they, they little lemon shavings, they're like, I just really need to eat. They shave off a little lemon into their mouth. They're like, oh God, that'll sustain me for a month. Candy-coated razor blades does not encourage skinny shaming, but we're doing it anyway. Hey, speaking of malnourished people, and, and uh, actually, did you catch the... Um... The, during during the Brazilian scene, actually, there's this great line when Alexia looks up at her and says, beauty is pain. And I'm like, oh, Neon Demon, straight back to the Neon Demon. That other <laughs> awesome movie with like hot women committing cannibalism. Right. Um, so, no, I mean, her her sister during that scene catches her, you know, eating her finger, and is, which is as kind of hilarious. It's very forgiving. <laughs> You know, that's one of my favorite things. They have a fantastic relationship. She's like, I know, I bite my you, nails too. They, like, <laughs> I love that she's like, the, the one thing she says, she's like, I wish you wouldn't have eaten my finger, but I'm glad you've come to terms with it. I just love the inevitability. Like, she knows that it's a thing, but right. she doesn't. I wonder if the sister knows about the mom. That's my question. Mm. If the sister already knew about the mom and knew that this was coming and kind of, that's why she forced the kidney into or the liver into um, Justine's mouth. Yeah, I think so. And here's why, because there's this one line very early in the movie when Alexia looks at Justine and there's a, a line to the effect of mom really got to you. 
Like mm-hmm. she's, and that's one of the, and you're not, you're like, what? And then later on when you realize, you know, that everybody's well, I, mean, I flesh, heard that like, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I heard that and I'm like, you know, mom's being overbearing again. Mom's yeah. being helicopter mom again. But then you realize that actually yeah. what the, oh, wait a minute, actually. My, my favorite thing Ding. also is you get the impression that the father is not overparenting. Because that's one of my oh, favorite, yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> lines is, do you smoke? Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she kind of doesn't answer and he still hands her a cigarette. Right. Like, that's fine. Just go and ahead. She's like, fuck it. She's like, fuck yeah, it. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, <laughs> they're French. She's, she's, so those, those she's cigarettes are just... finger, And then they just sort of mutually agree to blame it on the dog. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's important that you get your story straight. Yeah, exactly. Because... Speaking of straight. <laughs> Let's talk about that blowjob. talk about her roommate, who <laughs> is not straight. Oh. Who's... So I, I, I also yeah, love that, that. She's like, but why are you a boy? She's like, I'm gay. It doesn't matter. That like... boy is fucking pretty. And I chew on any part he let me. No damn right. You know, he's, he's too... <laughs> Thin, in my opinion, I don't. I he's like, young. He, yes. he could chub up. Give he him, could give him time to discover the joys of the sandwich. Yeah, they're French. He's not getting better. They all they eat is bread. Yeah, <laughs> but they have like three hour long meals. Yeah, they do. And then they stroll, and then they nap, and then they fuck. <sighs> <sighs> Everybody just that sounds sugar. like my perfect fucking day. There's like three fucking cocktail waltzes in here right now. Just... <laughs> No, I, I liked him. I so we should all talk about the moment that is the most controversial, controversial. Good yeah. lord! I like. I was just like we were all in agreement the, that the part, this moment is the most controversial. The part moment where she in knows he's gay but still fucks him anyway. Right? Is, so is that what is that it? That that's it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is there another most controversial moment and, and that involves I, the gay character? I get. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the part where he gets fucking eaten. Yeah, oh, that's not but, controversial. She's eaten. I mean, I we mean, expected that. Yeah, that's, I knew that was coming from the beginning. See, and that's the thing. I don't find. I personally don't view either of the women as having sexual attraction to him. He's just like a hamburger. It's like yeah. they they rubbed the hamburger on their face before they ate it. Oh, gosh. I know people who would do that. I mean, as long as I have a face, that man will have a place to sit. Exactly. But fuck. Um, <laughs> why you never never stick your dick in your food? Uh, you know, don't kink shame, Andy. Do no, not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But so, I, so that that's my big thing. So I don't look at it as like she's trying to turn him straight because I don't, and I think. I don't think there's the same kind of culture as in America where him being gay was possibly ever a huge negative. Yeah. So I don't think he ever had to like struggle and question his homosexuality. So this was just kind of an experiment. This I was think, like I think in that rant that he goes into in lab though, he actually does mention like how how long it's taken him to be like gay, 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 and then like all of that was undone by this right. act where he where he fucked Justine. So I mean he kind of alluded to it. Like I'm, I I thought that was that was probably my favorite moment I mean, for his and, and, was when he just really bitched Justine out for that. And I like it because he is he is portrayed as this almost objectified character. Yeah. Super hot. And I think I actually think they are both Alexia, probably less so. I think Justine is really is really attracted to him. And Alexia is into him because her sister's into him. And there's that kind of sibling shit going on. Yeah. I just don't know. Can you I mean, besides the non-kink shaming. Can you really view what you want to eat 
as a sexual object. Do you think there are people that fuck pumpkins for? I really think I really think they fuck the pumpkin and then make it into a pie because they they fuck the pumpkin and they get another pumpkin that's their pie. But because it makes you wonder, and this comes back to the mother. Do you think? The mother, I mean, you may, we, we talked about, you know, they probably have amazing sex, the mother and father, but do they? What if they've only had sex twice? And for the mother, her release is just basically cutting flesh off of her husband, eating it, and he just has to be happy with it. And that's why he's such a subdued character. I because, think it's kind of... Uh, and he seems angry. He's yeah. not even subdued, he's I, angry. I just, I don't, I don't th- see... And this is, sure. I think this is my reading again, the right. lesbian story. I don't think it's about viewing, I think these women and this, this genetic thing that causes them to be cannibals is also roped into, they just don't have, they're maybe asexual. See, they I don't view sex as the same thing. I think the whole time she's fucking him, she's thinking about eating him. It's all, it's like she's getting but, off on the and, eating. And you watch him fight her off. Eventually, she just sinks her teeth into her own arm. Exactly. So uh, that I, I, I get where you're going with it. And so, I, But I also I also think there's room to read that as a part of their sexuality because it's, it is seems to be more about that reflexive kind of biting. I don't even think that the mom is cutting pieces off the dad as much as she's just fucking nibbling, like, I mean, I'm, into it. I mean, I'll, I'm all about someone biting me. Goddamn right. So do it. But so I think it's, I think right. it is, I think it's more of a more of more of like a metaphorical thing, kind of like just it's like their sexuality, the kind of the they're. I just think I think they're not separable. I don't think you can really separate the desire to bite or eat or any of that stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From her sexual desire. In real life, well, I, your you love know, of McDonald's fries. You know is what really I would have orgasm. You know what I would have loved to have a better explanation of uh, that rash. Uh, what the well, f- after she eats the rabbit kidney, she gets a rash, but, and she sees that her sister had the same thing. And but that I know what that is from the director. This has been talked about a lot. Okay. That is withdrawal. Hmm. That oh. is that is her fighting, eating more meat, and becoming a cannibal, and it is a withdrawal symptom. Oh. That, so that was the other thing that you can read into the movie that kind of the director was putting it on purpose hmm. is that. Eating people, eating meat, and what eventually comes is a compulsion. It's almost like a drug. Yeah. It's an addiction. So, and so, without yeah. so the concept would be that, you know, if she tried if she went home and she was gonna be like, No, I'm gonna go back to being a vegetarian, she would get that rash again. She would yeah. feel that kind of scratching and nervousness <laughs> without being able to keep eating. So so are we looking at, at another kind of allusion to addiction being a genetic issue? Yeah, I mean, I think you can read so much into the fact that it, it appears to be very genetic and it's it's from woman to woman. It's, you know, it's something, mm-hmm. it has to be something um, that her mom would have to have both exes would yeah. have to be. So it could be that her mom has it worse. Yeah. It's funny. I just, I read it as, I, and that's, that's, I mean, it's a totally valid read and it makes a lot of sense. I just was reading it as almost like, almost like a kink like like dad is like dad's into that it's he's and he's consensually in this yeah. relationship where he's getting chunks of him bit out and he but he's also him. still frustrated well yeah yeah he thing. doesn't seem happy i it makes you wonder what why he stays like does he just feel compelled to stay does does you know there's there could be a sequel i don't want a sequel i don't no. need a sequel yeah. french films really don't really go that route no. anyway so well, what one thing that I that I that I 
absolutely loved in, in terms of the father, going, going back to that real quick, uh, was the fact that he told her at the end of the movie, it's not your sister's fault. It's not your fault either. He knew. Yeah, he knew yeah. what happened. And he knew it was going to happen. He, it, Everything about this feels like the mother is controlling him, is dominating him. As, mm-hmm. You know, like you can almost see the argument of, I don't want this to be passed on to our kids and her just being like, no, we need to have children. Like it, you know, you could, you could read thousands of years of, no, we have to keep this gene, this mm-hmm. cannibalism alive. This is our thing we pass on. Right. Or, or, or either that, or she was just like, no, we need to have kids to keep up appearances. I was just I giving think- it a Babadook read. Like this, this is just something we have to deal with. And so you have to find somebody who is consensually into this thing that you were also into. And which the gay dude was not. Very clearly not. Here's another thing that upset me about the film. uh, Going back to the gay dude. Here we go. Is the fact that the one corpse with a speaking part in this film is the gay dude. Not a fan. Mm. Not a fan. Uh, But I think it would have been hard to have another person exist in her life that would have been as accessible yeah and i think I that's the, that. the problem is if you put a straight person in there then you would have had to deal with the straight guy coming on to her and encouraging her and then it wouldn't have been as much of a struggle on her part to kind of see right. it, it it feels like she had to dominate the gay roommate the way that her mom dominates her husband. Yeah. She had to kind of, maybe the husband is also gay. Could be. And he had to go into this relationship to hide his homosexuality, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so many avenues. To me, there's just something questionable about the husband and his motivation. I just right. have trouble looking at his motivation and going, why are you so unhappy in this whole movie? Mm-hmm. Well, all of the You're, male figures in this movie are really detached. And he's somewhat are, neglectful. Are detached or they're, hostile. They're very yeah. French. Yeah. You have to look, but even if you look at it through kind of this detached, disinterested French aesthetic, <laughs> the father is especially unhappy. Is yeah. especially, you know, when the mo- in the very first scene, when the mother is yelling, he is so defeated he's, by he's, the fact that she's doing this again. Like, you can just see it on his face that he's like, I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe we're doing And he's apologizing to his daughter. Mm -hmm. He knows that the mom has gone off the deep end again. And, you know, but even then after that, he he shows that he cares for Justine. But then when they drop her off at school, he's just like, her sister will be here. She's fine. Go. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if he loves his wife and he holds out as long as possible before he lets her hit her eat him mm-hmm. which is why she gets so high strung and so crazy yeah and, and there just comes a point when she is about to break and he realizes he has to relent yeah. and that's that defeat in that moment is like oh we're almost to that point where she's going to be really insane right and it's good that we can get rid of you and we can go home and i can let her do this yeah because that can't be something that's easy to hide. Oh, especially when you have children in the house. Yeah, like he never took his shirt off in front of his children ever. Uh, uh, right? How does that happen? I mean, granted, I never saw my dad without his clothes on either. So, I mean, maybe a shirt, but no. I mean, parental nudeness is weird. 
Oh, I saw my dad naked many times. I, I, my mom naked all the time. My dad, nope, no children cannot see dad naked. It's just not a thing. So, I mean, it. Yeah, I, I know we've gotten weird, and we should stop. But you know. Andy is very yeah. uncomfortable about the nude parent conversation. Andy is very uncomfortable. It is a little weird. Parent conversation. Well, I mean, you have to. Okay, so for a bit of reference, I, I was raised by bikers, basically. So, I mean, on on my mom's part, sex was just a natural thing. Naked was just a natural thing. My dad, more of a prude. So that's fine. But, you know, it was just this weird thing in the house in terms of. I mean, not even going into yeah. naked, naked, but just it's normal for men to be seen without their shirt on. Like if you go to the pool, your dad's going to usually take his shirt off. Like most men don't go to the pool with their shirt on. Right. You know, there's just, there are built in social moments when men are naked from the waist up. Right. So it's, it's, I mean, I guess he never went to the pool, but there are, they're, you know, probably very busy veterinarians who knows how often the father is home. Who know They probably have just gabs of money. Yeah. Because all they do, I also love, I feel like when you, you, I don't know of anything about veterinary school, but I feel like you have to specialize as a veterinarian. You do. Do you really like dissect dogs and shove your arm up at the cow's ass? Like, do you need to do both you, things? You have to have a general knowledge of everything as far as I understand it. But if you're going to do large animals as opposed to small, as, as opposed to pets, I guess, you know, there are specialties in that regard. I am also not a veterinarian, so I don't know. Any veterinarians, please write Bob at candycodedrazor.com and let me know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other thing you could talk about for days is those disgusting infection-ridden lab coats. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. oh, oh my God. God. Oh, Do those things God. ever get washed? Fuck. Not for the first year. Oh, my God. That's what they say in the movie. They have to wear their blood-stained... That was just the disgusting. first week. Was it the first week? I thought it's like it was a, cause, all... Because it's Rush Week. At the I end thought of it was week, all semester. No, it was when you hear the, when you hear the three... The air horn. First yeah. the air horn, then you're not rookies anymore. So it's just that first week, I think. Still. And no, they're still disgusting coats because that shit don't wash out of white lab coats. No. No, but everyone else has white lab coats. Do you just get new coats when you're not rushing? I guess. When you have time to consider your... Consider your life choices. Exactly. <laughs> well, do I want to and, join and the here, veterinary cult? I'm, I'm shoulder deep in a cow's anus. I'm like, this is really what I want to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's gold in them there anuses. I, I just uh, hate that scene so I, much. Okay, I, I have had my fist in someone's ass. It's like putting your hand in warm jello. I don't like it. It's not a thing. It's a but thing. here's one thing we forgot to mention. Both of the parents are veterinarians. They attended the same school at the same year. So they have known each other since college. They have been together since college. Well, they've known each other. We don't yeah. know when they got together. Well, yeah. You can fall apart and come back together. Or, you know, we or don't have... have parts of you torn off in bloody chunks and come right. back together as well. With something like that, with a secret like that, you that's something you yeah, there's, maintain. There are stories to be told. Yes. If this were an American franchise, which give it a few years, no, um, there's a Martyrs mm. remake in America. There's an Inside remake coming to America. Uh, you know, it's we love to remake things. We I'm, do. I'm and we like to dumb things down with, for the American. Okay, I'm bringing this movie up again because it is so good. You need to see it. If L, because she won a Golden Globe for L, if they give it enough time, they're going to do an American remake of that, and it's going to be terrible because you just can't do that movie without French. Right. You just, you need to be so detached. That's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Andy, I feel like you're dying over there. You're not speaking. I'm silently masturbating. I'm just thinking of Adrian. <gasps> it's fine. It's fine. We'll let you finish. We'll let you finish. Clean it up when you're done. Do you need a towel? Do you need some Vagisil? You, you have to think that, you know, Kuru and, and you know, sleeping with corpses and people bleeding all over the sheets is going to be a yeast infection waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I think Neon Demon addresses that, too. I wonder if she gets yeast infections from talking to corpses. Maybe. Ooh, well, we know she throws up eyeballs. No, yeah, different her. girl. Oh, you're she talking about the, the, the makeup really her. fucks corpses. Yeah, Jennifer oh, yeah, her, Ruby. Yeah. Yep. yeah. The the one with, you know, the Dead Sea coming out of her vag when it's time for her monthly. Oh, more of the Red Sea. Mm. It's probably salty, too. Shark Week. Shark Week. Anyway. Okay, so speak. <laughs> actually. All right, so that actually almost plays into one of the other things I was thinking about, which is just the notion of, of um, the gay guy, Adrian. His name is Adrian. Yes. Um, is it? Is his name Adrian? Yes, it is. Adrian! I was waiting. Adrian! I was waiting for it. You got to do that bottom lip thing. Like, ugh. anyway. So, like, he's, and he's, I think he's he's really interesting. And there's, like, cause he's being, like, chased by, well, at this point, two girls who want to fuck and or eat him. Um, He's got all that muscle. He really, well, yeah. But like, he also it's, is. It's not going to be, it's going to be gaming. No, he's not old. But also, it's, does it's, it rabbits are gamey because they have muscles they yeah, use. Yeah, Veal is not because they are chained to the ground. True. So do you think that like plays into like the the well documented kind of like gay distaste for all things vagina, like vagina fears and like mm, probably like, I think that's vagina, movie vagina dentata. That would be the movie teeth. Yes, can, that's an but, Italian thing. That's not a French thing. Vagina dentata. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it means no willy. For the rest of your days. Wow. Stop. It's, it's my penis, penis free. Biology. Vagina dentata. Oh, we went there. We went there, kids. Disney, please don't sue us. Please oh my God, I forgot don't what sue I was going to uh, Whatever I was going to say wasn't going to beat that. Uh, no, I, so, so it comes down to where, where do we stand on this movie? How are we rating this? Uh, I heart this movie. I uh, I kidney this movie. I finger this movie. <laughs> finger it hard, don't you? Yeah. Finger it. Finger it again. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I have to say I, I really really like this one. It, it's something I'm uh, that I recommend to everybody. So I'm gonna give it. Oh, what's what am I gonna give it? I'm gonna give it <laughs> five enforced auto accidents. Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> I really loved it. Um, I'm totally giving it four out of five fava beans with a nice Chianti. <laughs> you know, he really didn't know how to say that word. Nope. Um, I I love this film. I never want to see it again. Exactly. <laughs> I never I don't need to. want oh, to see it again. I watch um, it again. And I, 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 this is, this goes into the list of films that I do not recommend to other people like that. <laughs> I seriously say I've seen it. It's really good. If you would like it, if you think yeah. you want to see it, watch it. Much like a I'm, Serbian film. I'm never going to recommend it, um, but I think it was glorious filmmaking, wonderful storytelling. Funny and, as hell. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it had lots of good moments. Like mm -hmm. it's a great movie. I definitely do. I give it, I give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, vagina dentatas. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh. Because no men in Justine's life are ever going to keep their full penis. They're not. I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't read dark to me. I was just like, this is like, just such a nice, humane, kinder, gentler. There, there was, there was yeah. plenty of humor. Well, in you know, this too. watching someone shove their arm into a cow's anus on a big screen <laughs> just is a scarring experience. I was the rest more of your fucked life. up by the hazing than I was by the cannibalism. No, just the cannibalism was nothing. It was just the I, veterinary. Stuff. I was more concerned about those rabbit kidneys maybe being in formaldehyde. I don't. I was more concerned about the fact that they were having a casual conversation while splitting a dog completely down the middle and categorizing its organs. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's a thing that happens in a medical sort of situation. I mean, I'm sure vets do that. Again, I am not a vet for a reason. So how was your Labor Day? <laughs> I mean, the real reason I'm not a vet is you have to do like 600 hours of like volunteer work at shelters cleaning up shit. And you've met me. There's nothing about me that's going to do that. So. Yeah, no, no. We, um, we, I was out the minute I realized you had to learn to read. Literacy people. Why are you here? <laughs> let's all let's all take a moment to understand that Andy must speak fluent French because if he couldn't read the subtitles, <laughs> how did he know what the movie was about? Exactly. I mean, because you know the finger didn't give it away. Yeah, I can just imagine someone watching this movie who can't read and being like, "It's so pretty," and now they're eating people. I wonder what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kids, that's our show for this week. Again, if you have any questions, Bob at CandyCodedRazor.com. Uh, go ahead and visit the blog at CandyCodedRazor.com. And I'm also on Twitter at, at CandyRazorBob. You can find me on Twitter at, at oh, shut up, Andy. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at AlexJEALM. That's yeah. confusing. Letters. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <Bitch>. <laughs> Good night, kids. Bob's not going to make it through with all of his fingers. I'm not. The Candy Coated Razor Blades podcast is the production of a handful of veterinary tranquilizers and a sentient hole. It is distributed under Creative Commons 3.0. Non commercial, attribution, share alike. Visit us on the web at www.candycoatedrazor.com. Theme music for this episode is 13 Monsters by Lightning Bolt. Visit them on the web at www.laserbeast.com. <laughs>